on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. Gone but never forgotten. Full day YouTube masthead ads sail off into the sunset. Got a web page? Make it a mediocre video using Google's URL to video. LinkedIn's new reporting tool will keep tabs on the company you keep. We found the Dunkin' Donuts of search articles and it's a real contender for WTH of the year. Want something to watch other than election coverage? Shep has a recommendation that you can pop on and on. <laughs> Plus, what's lurking under her vanity will haunt you in your sweep. Oh, <laughs> on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news. A proud part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Tune in to our critically acclaimed Famous Friday News Show for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. If you want to follow along, just check out our show notes or head over to marketingoclock.com for all of the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Hey there, I'm Christine Zernheld. AKA Shep. I'm Jess Bud. And I'm Greg Finn. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on November 6th, 2020. Remember, you can catch our famous Friday news show on YouTube or your favorite podcast player each and every Friday morning. All your digital marketing news from the week. Powered by the digital marketing community. And if you want to join the conversation, just hit us up. We are at Marketing O'Clock everywhere. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode. Um, thank you for taking a break from watching the news for, you know, maybe an hour of your time today. Jess, what is going on over there? I'm just, I'm sitting here feeling very attractive because on last week's show, Greg <laughs> compared me to Jack Dorsey. And, and then after recording, my husband came home and said, yo, did you see that Twitter guy looks like Rip Van Winkle? <laughs> 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 like right after I was like, yeah, I guess I look like him. <laughs> so I'm still married this week. Like You've no, got the no nose divorce. ring. Yeah, all he said was you had the nose ring. He said I was in a costume and I didn't dress up at all. <laughs> that was actually really funny. Greg, did you plan your outfit for that joke last week? Uh, that was just some of my polyester. I've got poly like <laughs> polyester on polyester now. Um, but no, I just I I just thought like, hey, Mark's got the beard. I got the 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 blank tee and you got the nose ring. It's perfect. You said I didn't have the beard. It's a good beard. Like as far as beards go, at least you tried. How are things in your world, Greg? Well, I think we might lose listeners. Shep, is it okay if I tell a story we're, knowing that we're probably going to lose listeners from it? Okay. I mean, it's a light news It's, it's week, your so. show. So <laughs> listen, I rant a lot and it's not even just like here, right? It's it's at home and in front of my kids all the time. And I realized like how, how much I must complain about things <laughs> because my kids came up with a new saying about something that is the absolute worst, right? And they used to say something, they'd be like, I came in first, you came in second, you came in third, and you're dead bug. And we're like, you can't call people dead bugs. And so they <laughs> came up with a new saying for last or worst. And again, I'm sorry if you appreciate this, but I rant about it every single time I see it. And I just don't understand what the allure is and who would go here and why it's so popular. But now my kids say, you're first, you're second, you're third, and you're Dunkin' Donuts. <gasps> oh 
alone because I hate Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> I agree, though. America like, runs on Dunkin'. No, no. Their oh, donuts okay. are cardboard, and their coffee is like flavored water. When you get an iced coffee, they put so much sugar in it. It's disgusting. But I didn't realize how much I complained about it until my kids just start running around saying, you're Dunkin' Donuts. You came in Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> like, <laughs> I kind of agree with that. That's a great take. So. Spicy. Well, I just have a TV recommendation for anyone that's feeling stressed out and wants to change the channel. Um, if you have Hulu, Dr. Pimple Popper is a great show. Oh, no. It's that, that's the one from YouTube, right? She's like an Instagram queen. It's Dr. Sandra Lee. She's out here changing lives every day. And it's just so relaxing to like forget about your own problems for a few minutes and watch her remove someone's lipoma. And it literally looks like, you know, a full chicken dinner. It's such a good show. You guys should, come on, you would like it. No. No, you can't call somebody's pimple a full chicken dinner. And then you don't know when she cuts into something if it's going to be like a lipoma or a cyst. How do you not, A, how do you not know that? You're a doctor. She doesn't know because sometimes, like, you can't feel it on the outside. The lipoma is like a solid piece. Oh, oh God. No. You should really watch. I, I thought the Dunkin' Donuts take was going to lose his listeners. I was, I was so that, horribly yeah. wrong. Oh, you think Dr. <laughs> Pimple Popper's worse? Talking about chicken dinners coming out of a, a, a cyst or whatever? Yeah, you're okay. going to recommend a podiatrist next time? This is awful stuff. People don't want that. Yeah, and next you know, up, you're going to be like, you. I just watched this one YouTube channel of the magic egg and people just shaving the bottom of their feet off. Stop it. Oh, that is the worst. That is the worst. That is the worst. You know what I'm talking about, or the infographic, the info, infographic, <laughs> the infomercial, <laughs> which is how much of a digital market I am. The infomercial where you got that little egg and you just shave the bottom of your feet off. Pet egg. Mm. It's probably a great product. Like I love a good pedicure, but I don't need to watch it and I don't need to watch other people. Okay. Well, I really like Dr. Pimple Popper. And if you like us, you should show us some support. Please leave a review. Just say something nice. Recommend us to a friend. We really appreciate the support. I got a feeling those are going to be bad reviews this week. (laughs) (laughs) But if you want to see something good, make sure to sign up for the SEJ Summit. You can find it out on our website, marketingclock.com. We'll have links to that. And there's now a LinkedIn group as well. So if you're going to the SEJ Summit, I know a few of our listeners said they signed up. There's a LinkedIn group as well. So you can talk with a bunch of the folks there, ask questions. We'll be in there as well. So check that out over at marketingclock.com. And we had a giveaway that we're supposed to do. I think it was two tickets to the e-summit for anybody that said they purchased. And I think only two people said, like, followed the rules, basically. One person didn't even follow the rules. But so I'll reach out. But the winners are uh, at PPC Greg one. So I will follow up and DM you. And then at Brett Westerman as well on Twitter. So Brett. I'll reach out to you as well, and we will reimburse your tickets for the show. So, congratulations, big winners! Yeah, I've got something in store for PPC, Greg. Though, just all right. Today's episode of Marketing O'Clock is brought to you by Upfluence. With Upfluence's all-in-one platform, marketers can streamline their influencer marketing campaigns and scale their influencer program in no time. Build influencer lists and contact them at scale. Keep track of all your collaborations and measure your campaign results all in a single platform. Start streamlining your influencer marketing campaigns today. Go to get.upfluence.com forward slash S-E-J to get started.
We'll talk more about how some of Upfluence works and why you can't market without it later in the show. And I have some big news to start us off. Just in time for the virtual world's largest disco season, <laughs> up advertising promotion extensions have finally arrived. And for non-Buffalonians, what are you talking about here? Okay, well, all of these articles about anything e-commerce in the fourth quarter, even the third, is every headline is just in time for the holiday season, and I'm sick of it. So I'm going to talk about something that is important to me this season, and that's the world's largest disco which was unfortunately, um, it had to go virtual this year, but at least we're getting something. It is a fundraiser for Camp Good Days. You dress up in your disco attire. It's the most amazing playlist and it's the most magical night of your life. It doesn't matter that there's porta potties lining the dance floor. You're gonna have a great time. <laughs> and for people that don't watch YouTube, well, I guess you couldn't really see on the YouTube anyway, cause it's just our faces, <laughs> but Shep is a big 80s fan, right? Let's go 70s and 60s. I don't know. Whatever. 70s, 60s, same thing. I just like really like Donna Summer. Um, and I really like disco music. And the world's largest disco is the best night of the year. You know, if you want to spend $80 to get two free drinks, use a porta potty and be crowded in a room with thousands and thousands of people, this is the event for you. No, thanks. I you think say I'm... that like you don't love it, but you go every year. <laughs> I do. <laughs> It's like every attribute of it is terrible, but then it's the best night of your life. It's so fun. But anyway, I'm so sick of everything being about the holiday season. So we're going to look for alternatives. So these work just like Google ads promotion extensions. They display under text ads in the search results and advertisers can select from a long list of events or occasions such as Christmas, Black Friday, or Cyber Monday. I took that from the article, but it's a really long list. There's also Diwali. St. Nicholas Day and Singles Day. So if you want to launch a Singles Day promotion, go crazy. And you can also- No, no don't do that. <laughs> Nobody's going to look an ad and be like, oh, it's Singles Day. Like, I'm going to really click on this. I hate to pop your pimple on it. But <laughs> oh. like that. I don't even know when Singles Day is. Is it the day after Valentine's Day? I think it's every day. Single people live their best life. Yeah. Anyway, I would have a single stay sale. It sounds like a great idea. So you can also choose to have no promotion occasion if you want to, which I wasn't sure about. So if, if you don't match any of the criteria from that long list, don't worry about it. Then you add your promotion details, like what the discount is, and you add a code if you have a discount code. And finally, the dates of the promotion, and this will all display right under the ad in the search results, just like Google if you're running them there. You can add these at the account campaign or ad group level, but your landing page must include details of your promotion. So that's an important stipulation there. But yeah, just in time for the virtual world's largest disco. Go crazy with promotion extensions. And do you Is know that on the list? <laughs> it's not, unfortunately, but like I said, you could just have no occasion if you want. And people would know, you know. What else is happening this week? In other big news this week, LinkedIn has launched a new tool for marketers, or a new report, if you will, the Company Engagement Report, which IMO sounds less powerful than it is. Like, that name's pretty boring. I feel like that would be something I'd be like, and I wouldn't even check, but you should look at it because the report breaks down engagement data, 
from your target audiences by company. So you can not only see who you're reaching, but how they're engaging with your content. It's available for free to all users in Campaign Manager. And some of the metrics include total ad engagement, which is the number of likes, shares, et cetera, on your paid ads, including those from, and I quote, ads virally shared, which I think is really cute that LinkedIn just thinks that any organic share is going viral. They'll also report on total organic engagement, as well as a metric called member targeted, which is the number of members who work at the company and have been targeted by a campaign and a whole lot more. So this report is basically the is this thing on of B2B marketing. So there's no more wandering around yelling, hello, Cleveland into the abyss. Like, you know that you're reaching your audience. Why would you yell that? You guys are staring at me blankly. You don't know what I'm talking about. Hello, Cleveland. No. Oh, oh. The classic film. Oh, what? Go guess. I bet you'll get it wrong. <laughs> that 70s show? There's no. a Cleveland YouTube video that might be what you're talking about. No, not the uh, Cleveland tourism video. No, okay. this is from Spinal Tap, the film. Oh, I've seen it. it like one time. Greg, that seems like your kind of movie. Haven't you quoted totally. it before? I have a game that it's a card game, a board game, and y'all hate on me like PPC Greg does. But I have a game called This Game Goes to 11. It's like Spinal Tap based. Never seen the movie. Yeah, that's the only reference I know. Yeah, well, that's a good, there's also Hello Cleveland. They get lost backstage and then they just start yelling Hello Cleveland because they can't find the stage. They can't find their audience. They don't know if they're reaching them. That was my joke. Anyway, Mark probably would have got it if he was here. But... Shots fired. <laughs> I talked about Shep a lot last week when she wasn't here and now I, I feel like I, I got to give, give Mark a little something. So there it is. But props to LinkedIn, by the way, for using a really direct call to action for this. They went with try it now. And since they're owned by Microsoft, I was half expecting something like what we saw last week with Clarity, like click here to learn how to find out more about this new tool. But no, they're like, try it, try it now. And you should. Yeah. It's good stuff. That's an improved CTA, I would say. Now it's time for this week's take of the week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. And love them or hate them. This week's tweet comes from Cyrus Shepard at Cyrus Shepard on Twitter. And Cyrus says, if SEO Twitter ran the election. SEOs, votes correlate with speech length. Google, just run good candidates. Bill Sawaski, here are some election patents. Tech SEOs, how to determine winners using Python. Barry Schwartz, that's old. Neil Patel, votes correlate with speech length. All of that in one tweet. I don't know. It's like he broke Twitter. <laughs> I think he spelled Barry's name incorrectly to make this work, but it still was a, a get shots fired in there. But hey. so he like subtweeted Barry. Well, that's a that's a. I mean, Barry is the, the that's old on Twitter. That's if you look at Barry's tweets, and I love Barry. Half the tweets are that's old, and there's linking to the article. <laughs> that's a joke. It's more uh, a little, little jab at Neil there. Anyway. Man, it's the biggest smile any of us will get from the election saga. So take it. I don't know. I saw one thing where it was a tweet by Liz Jenkins at EJ11Lizzie on Twitter. And she said the whole tweet was, was just this, Nevada counting ballots. And then it was just a video of Brian McKnight back at one video. <laughs> Same one I was gonna bring up. I laughed that was it. so hard at that. 
That I would have been to the five, and he's like, five, two, one, two, four. <laughs> and you like forget how slow that song is I know. until you hear it in I that know. context. Yeah. It was so funny. But I really was- enjoyed the picture of the map with like the kid coloring all over it. Yes, as that well. was good. That was good too. This has some good memes. I saw another good one about um, somebody should get uh, cashier at Aldi over to Pennsylvania to count the votes within an <laughs> hour. Uh, a few good ones out there, at least to have some comic relief from um, everything that's happening today. So poor Aldi. <laughs> well, no, I think that's good for Aldi, right? Because they run things well, right? fast. Yeah. Oh, I thought they were saying it was slow. No, just put it on the line. They'll be done in an hour. I always wait in a long line at Aldi. But don't the cashiers go fast? Oh, I guess because they don't have to bag. Yeah. That's why the line is long, because somebody's like, oh, I forgot my box. And they got to run to their car. That's me. I'm that guy. (laughs) Sorry. And now it's time for this week's I See Why Am I. This is just something you might not have seen. Maybe something that you overlooked. But you shouldn't have. I See Why Am I, people from Taylor Holiday at Taylor Holiday on Twitter. He says, buy the dip, stock the cupboard. Today's traffic is Black Friday's revenue. Daily CPMs on Facebook election versus post-election. And he has a graph. We'll have to put this on the YouTube stream and in the show notes. But it just shows that the CPMs last week were so much higher than they are this week. And I learned what by the dip means today. I don't know a lot about stonks. I thought it was about a nice French onion dip, but now I understand. Yeah, you're putting it in the cupboard, right? Except it (laughs) should probably be in the fridge. When the CPMs drop, you buy this, the dip, I guess. Yeah, get the uh, Tostitos queso. Yeah. Is that a, a bear or a bull? <laughs> when the market is bearish, then you buy. Those are two animals that have a lot of experience. <laughs> Stonks with shop. <laughs> now it's time for this week's lightning round. Pew, pew. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts. Paid, organic, and social. This week's lightning round is brought to you by Upfluence. Upfluence's all-in-one influencer marketing platform helps marketers streamline their campaigns and take them to the next level. Shep, why do you love Upfluence? So there are obviously a lot of influencers out there and there are a lot of people who think that they're influencers, but Upfluence makes it really easy to filter people and weed them out and find the best fit for your brand. So we've been talking about these filters over the last couple of weeks. I have another screen recording here of just how easy it is. So after you put in your keywords, if you want, you can actually filter influencers by like attributes of the influencer themselves. You can pick the specific platforms that you want them to be on. So for my Harry Slacken campaign, I'm saying I want them to be on Instagram. You can say you want them to have a certain number of followers, whether it's above or below a certain number of followers. You can say when the last time you want them to be active was you can only find influencers who are super engaged on your preferred platform. You can filter by language. There's Greg's favorite filter of the email, um, by country down to the city. You can get so granular with this and Upfluence makes it super easy, even age and gender. So there's no excuse to not find the perfect influencer match for your brand. That's right. No excuse. And you can start scaling your influencer marketing campaigns today. Just go to get.upfluence.com slash SEJ to learn more. First up in the paid universe this week from friend of the show, Andrea Cruz at Andrea Cruz 92. She says, 
OMG, LinkedIn ads adds bulk features. You can even modify bids and budgets in bulk. No bulk uploading, no bulk ad uploading yet. That is so confusing because you're saying ad and ads like a million times. Our industry is so annoying sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) But she catches all these things in the wild. We say it all the time. She noticed this on Wednesday when like everyone was so caught up in the world. And here's Andrea just like, sharing these LinkedIn nuggets with us. Thank you so much as usual, Andrea. And next up, YouTube will discontinue full day reservations for Greg Finn's favorite ad placement, the YouTube masthead mm-hmm. ads beginning in 2021. I no just, before you, before you besmirch my name, I like the name masthead ads. I don't like the ads themselves. I think it's, I think they should get rid of it. It's a dumb idea that you could just take over all of YouTube. I hate that. But I like the name. It sounds very piratey. I think Jesse thought, liked that as well. Yeah, I thought you said it had something to do with a ship, but then I Googled it and it said it was about the newspaper. Oh, well, the newspaper probably stole it. I think ships were around before newspapers. No matter what you call it, as we've all seen this political season. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. So from Wikipedia, a source I think we can all trust, correct? <laughs> Sure, yeah. A masthead is the top of a mast, a tall vertical pole of a ship which supports the sails. I believe the newspaper came from the ship saying that the masthead was the top of the pole and then the masthead was the newspaper and now it's saying we're taking this from newspaper, YouTube's stealing it, and then they're taking it now and just throwing it away. And it supports the sails, like ad sails, because it's expensive. Yeah. And that was reach. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) As we have all seen this election season, you can just buy them for the entire day. No targeting and just show your ad the entire day. It's so obtrusive. So YouTube said it communicated this change to advertisers earlier this year, which I believe I remember reporting on. And instead, advertisers will only be able to buy that spot on a per impression basis making it harder for a single advertiser to dominate the page for a day at a time. I don't think it's a coincidence that they waited to make the change until after the election. And I bet the change is going to make it more advantageous to Google next season where you get to compete and bid it up. Mm -hmm. Oh, it could be. Yeah. Well, either way, it seems like there's absolutely no targeting happening there at all. You can only do it through a Google rep. It would be nice if these were more accessible to everyone. And I thought it was very interesting. I went to check and see what the masthead ad was on Wednesday because it's been like just completely political for the past year. It seems like, does anyone want to guess what it is? What it was? Dr. Pimple Popper on Netflix? Oh no. (laughs) It was the Nest Hub. Because I guess they couldn't get anyone else to buy it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody else can afford it. So they just had to use a Google product. So sad. I'm surprised they're still supporting that. The Nest Hub? Yeah. Oh, after your story last week? Well, I got rid of Nest Aware and everything else. Yeah, little do they know. Is that what you're selling, Greg, the Nest Hub? What am I selling? You said oh, you were selling all wants your Google a, products. You said you were I never said PC, selling. PC, How dare you? <laughs> I will never give. No, I am not. I don't want. I have a Google Mini. I don't want. And I said, if anybody tweets it at, at us, I'll give, I'll send you a Google Mini because I don't want it anymore. Okay, well, 
You could put it in the masthead ad. I'm sure somebody will snatch it up. <laughs> yeah, let's just spend millions of dollars so I can give away a mini. That's why they built Craigslist, Craig. <laughs> and next up from our agency, Cypress North, at Cypress North on Twitter, we caught a little change in Google Ads this week. Actually, this is a pretty big change that people should know about. So if you are switching your Google Ads bid strategy to target CPA, from let's say manual CPC, Google now automatically removes device bid adjustments that are above negative 100%. So you can still exclude a device entirely and it'll keep that. But if you are not excluding it entirely and just bidding up or down, it will get rid of it unless you click down and uncheck a box. Um, But it's kind of sneaky and hidden. So people should definitely be aware of this. And another ICYMI here, if people don't know, device bid adjustments work differently with target CPA. It changes your target CPA instead of your bid because there is no bid there. Um, We have an article about it on our website and we will link to it in the show notes. And that is it for paid for now. Now moving on to our new segment beyond Google ads, because guess what guys, Google doesn't care about you as evidenced in that last story. But we do. And this week's Beyond Google Ads is a reminder that you can use self-serve advertising on Spotify. Um, And there are a lot of different targeting options if you're out there trying to get your message in front of the right group of folks. And you can target down to specific DMAs, to specific countries, and even to zip code targeting, which is really cool. Um, So some of the some of the the changes I think and why you may want to consider testing a Spotify ad. Every time I say Spotify, it's between Shopify and Spotify and I have to like think of it the last second. But if you want to do a Spotify ad campaign, you can do it with as little as $250 for the campaign total, which is really cool. It's not a huge budget that's needed. You can target people based off what they're doing and say, I think real time they're cooking or they're gaming like you two here, uh, but you can you can get you can get very, I wouldn't say very granular, but you can target specific segments, and based off of who you're going after, and in this case I said I'm going to target maybe if I'm trying to target you two, which I might say I'm going to go after the DMA of Buffalo, New York, and I think Lewiston is included in there. Jess, mm-hmm. find your specific age bracket. And I can go target by, again, any ages there, gender, and then you can target by, um, I, I might say an additional interest that might be parenting. So targeting you and your baby. And then um, <laughs> the cost per ad serve would be uh, 2.1 cents to get that ad served to either of you. Um, that'd be up from, if there was no targeting, um, 1.7 cents. I don't get where the point cents has come in, but um, again, it's something you may want to check out. And there is that minimum $250 spend if you are looking to get in front of more folks than you are today. Thanks for not revealing our age. Oh, yeah. He doesn't know our age. It's not true. supposed to talk about it. What's happening in organic? All right. In organic this week, we are going to start with some AI from Google. And Google has announced or talked through and shown it. There's some really cool GIFs on the topic and it's called URL to video. And it is a prototype pipeline that will automatically convert a web page into a short video, giving 
temporal and visual constraints provided by the content owner. So what URL to video can do is extract assets like text, images, or videos, which I mean, you're turning a video into a video, what is this, flash? And their design styles, including fonts, colors, graphical layouts, and hierarchy from HTML sources and organize the visual assets into a sequence of shots while maintaining a look and feel similar to the source page. And it's not bad. It's like, if you want like super mediocre video from your website, this is for you. But we're kind of seeing that a lot, right? With more people embracing web stories and simpler things. Again, we just can't have complex stuff anymore. So like, instead of reading a website, just watch the video of the website. But a few of the examples were pretty good. And again, head on over to the show notes if you want to see it for yourself. Next up from Barry Schwartz, spelled properly, might I add, is a article on Search Engine Roundtable where Google is testing new shorts video carousel in search. Again, I don't know why we're so obsessed with reels and shorts and all these small videos. Do you guys like reels on Instagram? Is there anything you've no. seen on reels you like? No. no. And the recommended ones are terrible. I can't think of one, a single one I've liked, to be honest. Mine. You liked mine. Oh, yeah. Yours was <laughs> fine. But only because I know you and like kind of felt bad for you. Thanks. <laughs> I don't like short content. I don't know. Like... Who wants it to see you do a little hopscotch dance and be on your way? Like, give me something real. Like, and I can leave it. It is real. It's reels. Wow. You got me there, Jess. (laughs) All right. Next up, Google is recommending permanent URLs for Black Friday pages. So instead of creating new URLs each year, Matt Southern over at Search Engine Journal is reporting that each year bring new sales, but it should not bring new sales pages. So if you are somebody that offers Black Friday deals, make one Black Friday page, it'll always show up. And as you get closer, you can update it. So that doesn't make a lot of sense. And probably for anything else that might come around um, on a kind of uh, a yearly basis, right? So if you've got an event that's happening yearly. Singles day. Singles day, yeah. Hey, it's the (laughs) marketing clock singles day page that's always relevant on whatever day singles day is. Do we find out what that was yet? No, it's got to be February 15th. Can you ask the stats and information guy? (laughs) Okay, I'll have him call it next week. (laughs) Thank you. It's been too long. All right, next up, keeping a Google here on the Search on the the Record show from Martin Split on Google. He talks about how Google chooses a canonical page. And he goes on to discuss the reason why Google prevents duplicate pages from appearing in the SERPs. He says, Why do we do that? We do that because typically users don't like it when the same content is repeated across many search results. And we do that because our storage space in the index is not infinite. Basically, why would we want to store duplicates in our index? Then he went on to say, so we employ, I think, over 20 signals. We use over 20 signals to decide which which page to pick as canonical from a dupe cluster. Um, And then this article over on Search Engine Journal from Roger Monte Martini Buster went on to describe transcribe the entire conversation if you want to see more. And he had a great image, as he always does, of the logo. And then it looks to me like six identical popsicles. But overall, oh, so it's like identical search results. 
Yes, that? I think that's okay. that's that was what I got from it. It's like kind of abstract. And they're like, which one's real? And then I was like trying to see if he had like a, a hidden message in there. I'm like, if one of them was real. There, I think they're all the same. Hmm. Yeah, and by the way, I don't know if it's on the record or off the record, but I do believe that it's on episode 10 and you're two away from being wrong. I you know. said they wouldn't make it to 12 episodes. We got time. We got time. But I was just hoping Martin would be like, it's the one throwing the glitter. But to no avail. So. <laughs> he didn't listen to our show last no, week. No, <laughs> he didn't listen to us or at Rollerblader last week. All right. Over on Search Engine Land, Chris Long, not the former NFL or now current podcaster, but the digital marketer, has a post about the nine rules of optimization for featured snippets. And I thought this was very interesting. Maybe not newsy, but I do think there's a lot of value in it and people haven't necessarily talked about this before. And he has his nine things to consider if you're going for a featured snippet. I'll go through the first four here. And if you want the next five, you're gonna have to head on over to the show notes at Marketing Clock. But he says, the steps to receiving a feature snippet are as followed. One, add a what is heading. Two, use an is sentence structure. Three, fully define the topic. Four, match the featured snippet format. And you see that a lot. People saying, what is this? And then giving definitions and is in the sentence. And he's got five more things to consider. Um, and check it out. It's a very good article with Chris's thoughts. Next up from Anchor, the platform that publishes this podcast, they are going to the IAB, International Advertising Bureau Standard of Podcast Analytics. So you can measure your show's performance and monetize your content with confidence. So podcasts are kind of a tricky thing, especially podcasts that have many layers to it, like video where you can find this podcast on YouTube or Facebook and Instagram. But if you want pure podcast numbers, Anchor has improved the way that plays are counted to more precisely filter out noise and duplicate traffic. Podcast metadata and non-human downloads, such as those from bots and search engines, are no longer counted towards plays. I wonder though, like if you hit play, from a search engine and you go to the Google podcast, that can't count as a invalid play. Um, but anyway, shouldn't. I shouldn't, but they went on to say anchor analytics now show unique listeners in the last seven days, giving you additional metric to measure your audience and evaluate the success of your show. So you can see listeners in the last seven day, seven day timeframe, but this change that was announced to yesterday only applies to plays moving forward. And they said there shouldn't be too big of an adjustment. But again, at launch, we'll have to see next week. I, I look like our numbers went down about 30%. Not really supposed to be working yet. So maybe it was just the the number of plays and in, in, you know the, the one day it was available. So we'll have to see from that. And then lastly here from Tad Chef of OnReact, he has a post called How Embedding YouTube Videos on Your Blog Backfires. And a lot of times we talk about putting video on your site as a positive. Tad kind of has that contrarian view of this. And he looks at some of the mobile usability errors that can happen with WordPress's new, newer Gutenberg version. Um, what can happen if you have content removal? So you copied the content of somebody else and it's been removed. That double click tracking cookies can pull through on YouTube. And he says, you can imagine my surprise when testing with a tool called Backlight. I discovered that a Google double trick 
double click. That'd be cool if it was a trick. Mm-hmm. Double click tracking cookie is spying on my unsuspecting visitors. What happened? I dug deeper to find out where it came from. I realized when you embed a YouTube video, Google sneaks in a tracking cookie from double click on your blog. Also, the fact that competing content can be showing. You used to be able to show to be able to turn off not related videos. You can't do that anymore. First up in social, new resources for the underserved. LinkedIn launched this week a new resource hub with quote, tools, tips, and online courses to help your organization engage underrepresented groups virtually. Resources include, end quote. Resources include training not only for individuals to boost their job skills, but also for organizations to better foster inclusion and build diversity, which is awesome coming at it from both sides. You were just such a good reporter. I don't know if I've ever said end quote on the show. <laughs> I mean, I said it too late, but <laughs> this entire performance has just been one false quote from me. <laughs> week after week after week. I love it. I wonder who said it after all. Uh, Further, TikTok announced a new hub too, people loving the word hub, in support of Black-owned businesses ahead of the holidays. This hub will feature resources for business owners as well as ways that the TikTok community can support these businesses, like participating in the hashtag Shop Black campaign that's kicking off next week. So we'll have links to both of these in the show notes, so hobble on over to Marketing O'Clock. What what are you trying to say? Hobble? Is that a thing? Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. I I always say head on over, so I thought I would change it, and then I tried to make it a pun, and you said I was a good reporter, so please enjoy. What about see what all the hubbub is about at Marketing Oh, that's so much better. We've kind of worn that one out. Oh, okay. Moving on from that terrible pun, big news for the self-obsessed. Snapchat is giving users the option to publicly display their follower account, a number that used to be private to the account holders themselves only. This oh, wow. I, 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 I couldn't be happier for this. I, I, <laughs> I feel so, so gratified now. Yeah, I'm sure. Honestly, though, like, it's probably a good thing for influencers if they're trying to sell themselves. It's nice to have their numbers. But I just, most people, it's just for vanity, which do you guys know that I've just assumed that this is correct, but I just figured it out last week that the thing in your bathroom, like your cabinet is called a vanity because it's where you make yourself pretty. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) I thought I had like a crazy moment of clarity. I didn't think about that, but I can't be made pretty. (laughs) Sorry. It's what I am. Like what am I doing? Brush my teeth. It's important. It's good hygiene. (laughs) My vanity is in my bedroom, and I found the biggest dust bunny under it last week. Like, I'm surprised this thing didn't grow legs and crawl away because my vacuum doesn't fit under there. Oh, you got to get like a Swiffer or something, no? Yeah, I I went, I had to go down there on my hands and knees with a duster because I dropped, well, I dropped something, something broke. I had to bend down and get it. And then I saw the biggest dust bunny of my life. Under I mean, my no vanity. one's ever going under there. You really don't have to worry about it. Right? But you're breathing it in. Not if it's that big. You feel Not like if it's under a dresser. <laughs> I what swear do you to God, like, had, you just walk around all day and you walk around all day and you're like, oh wait, I'm like, I'm like a dolphin or a whale. I'm gonna go breathe and just run up underneath your dresser and just go down there like <laughs> oh dust funny. Like, why are you breathing it dust? This thing funny? had a face. It was so big. Aw, sounds cute. Just in time for the holidays. Well, right. it's that is literally a hair then. Wow. Like H A R E, the hair yeah. is made of hair. Get it, Chef? Yeah. Everybody <laughs> gets know. it. 
Okay, moving on. I just don't try anymore. (laughs) LinkedIn is launching a new tool called Career Explorer. It's aimed at helping people find new opportunities based on skills they already possess. Wait, wait, wait. I should have called it a hair hair. Because it's made of hair too, right? Is that what you're going for? Yeah. Isn't that what it is? Yeah, but why do you have to say it twice? Because it's a, a dust bunny. It's a hair hair. Oh, <laughs> just didn't get that either. I just got the hair part. I thought you just. Needed. All right, what's LinkedIn got? <laughs> it's got this career explorer, and you don't even need to be logged in to use it, which is lucky for people like me. So I actually played around with it a little bit, and there's value there. But if we're being honest, there's garbage in there too. So I put in my job title and my location, and it told me I was a 53% match for a job as founder, which is very aspirational, but like yeah, you not already a lot of job listings for that. You're already you a founder. Like- you sling beer, brewed and bottled, yeah. brewedandbottled.com. You have like four jobs. You don't need this. Yes. Well, that too. I just wanted to play with it. But really, if you're looking to like, go for a career move. That's fine. I think we should all aspire to start our own business, well, you, but you don't think like you're fine job listings. No, for the, I'm for the listeners. No, for the listeners, you and your mm-hmm. husband founded a bottle shop and you sell beer at brewedandbottled.com. Brewedbottle.com. We couldn't get the and it was oh, taken. Brewedbottle.com. Brewed and bottle is the business. Thanks for the plug. We're currently. So you're a founder and you found another job as a founder and cool. You kind well, of founded this podcast too. I didn't do that either. I just helped Greg. <laughs> I mean, actually, Jen, who is no longer mm. with us, yeah, thoughts and prayers, um, founded the podcast. <laughs> he did his job. <laughs> She's no longer with us. I guess I'll think about her. I love her. <laughs> and pray for her. Yeah, I'm just being nice, guys. She's uh, doing great. Goodness, she really is. I hope she's listening. Hey, she's Jen. living her best life. She's not listening. <laughs> no, that's okay. I'm not either. All right, for those of you that have been digging the 5 p.m. sunset, you can now have even more darkness. Facebook is launching a full public test of dark mode on the Facebook mobile app, so that's great for daylight saving your eyeballs. And finally, Business Insider reported that Zuck is, quote, giving Facebook employees the whole of Thanksgiving week off as a reward for working through unprecedented challenges, end quote. And that sounds lovely on the surface, as most things do. But shout out to Owen Ryan or at Yoghan9 on Twitter for his realistic take on the news. His tweet says, BFCM week is going to be a lot of fun for all you Facebook advertisers blushing face you know a week they should have given off to employees election week any of the weeks leading up to election week because they haven't done anything (laughs) that's what they should be doing (laughs) yeah not the week when we're all going to be firing up new ads and needing lots of support but whatever thanks owen literally there could not be a worse time to say you have a week off is during black friday what are you doing that is hashtag criminal black friday leading into cyber monday and you're like yo y'all are off tough week (laughs) and it's not like your platform's doing well right now go to twitter and look for facebook ad do a hashtag facebook ad or fb ad chat or whatever that do that search and see what comes up it's just everyone being mad all the time and you know what's gonna make it worse every (laughs) single person at the company being off during black friday and up into until black or Cyber Monday. It's going to be, gonna a, be a Black Monday. <laughs> yeah. Might as well call it that. <sighs> and that brings us to our real life segment, straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. 
It's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise. So I have something that we've complained about before, but I just noticed another one. So I'm going to bring it up again. Google Ads naming conventions are so whack. They don't call anything the same thing in editor as they do online. This week, I learned that skippable in-stream ads are called true view in-stream ads in editor. I like couldn't find my ads anywhere. It was a full 10 minutes of my day that I could have been chasing down a dust bunny. And they never updated the name of text ads in editor. And now apparently they're going away. So great timing. It just drives me insane. Figure it out. What about you, Jess? Mine is a PSA or something. I call it the power snooze, and it's something that I've been doing, and I feel like our team has been doing a lot because we're all available on Slack, and I think we've talked before about we have a channel where we just say, like, if we're stepping away or if we're snoozing for a call or something like that, just to let people know since we're all still working remote, and sometimes you just need to focus and zone in, and if you're working remote, people can't see you, so what I'm calling the power snooze is when you snooze notifications just to get things done, and I feel like it's very, very healthy, and it can help focus. You can't do it all day because people need to get in touch with you, but hot tip, like, it's okay to do that once in a while, especially if it helps you be productive. And I'm sorry when I don't see it, and then I bug you anyway. That's fine. I just ignore you, so I'm sorry back. Wow. Forgive me. (laughs) All right. I'm going to go Google Ads Editor, just like Shep did. And I had a client where I was taking shopping campaigns and trying to copy over a specific ad schedule into a uh, both enhanced CPC and manual CPC with eCPC campaigns. And it just doesn't work. This current version of Google Ads Editor does not let it copy. It gives me an error every time. And we have to manually go through 25 campaigns and change ad schedule by hand. It drove me absolutely crazy. I went to an old computer that didn't have the new version of Google ads editor. I'm like, I'm sneaky. I'm a sneaky guy. I'll figure this out. This may, might work this old version. I fired it up and said, unusable Google ads editor version and shut me right down. <laughs> it was something wow. that sort. <laughs> So we just had to to go through manually and make these changes. And it should have, I I just don't know what's going on there. And then of course, when I had to sign back in and I tried to do it on this new computer, it said, sign into Google AdWords because they still haven't gotten rid of that word yet. And it is like two and a half years later. I do not know what is happening. All right, now onto our grab bag, the segment segments. And first up is the extra, extra spice served up for you. As you know, Mark Saltarelli, who is on the show quite regularly, and when Shep steps out on maternity leave, will be a regular here, has changed his Twitter handle. And if you love Mark's recaps that he does when he's not on the show sometimes, um, that he has, his old name was... You don't even need to say. I don't even need to know. It, it's <laughs> a lot. We'll put it. We'll put up a poll on it, our marketing clock handle on Twitter. But his new name is great. It is at marketing by Mark. <laughs> That's it. Marketing by Mark, and he'll have another extra extra spice served up for you, where he recaps a show and punches it up to make it better. So go follow Mark at marketing by Mark. And if you want to vote, head on over to our. Twitter account, Marketing Clock, and cast your ballot as to what is the better name. The new name, Marketing by Mark, or the old underscore name. So He was just born to market. He really was. That's why they can call him Mark. They knew. All right. And <laughs> over on show notes, we have some news. If you are looking to learn how to structure, plan, and strategize your search to deal with 
changes about the increasingly black box world of paid search, there is a webinar that you can hop on over on Impression Talk. And it is run by Greg Holland at Greg PPC on Twitter. So if you Did you just out him? No, this is Greg Holland at Greg PPC on Twitter. And Impression and Google, this is a a, a London-based company, a European company, um, Impression Talk at Impression Talk on Twitter. And it's at Greg PPC, just, you know, throwing out another Greg out there. But we're sure this isn't PPC Greg's. No, this is Spartan. No. Well, that his alias would just be flipping it around. <laughs> that would all be fool. I'm just call, casting uncertainty and doubt on the whole Greg of the Year. Greg of the Year. Mm. Okay. We've got a new one. Greg PPC. Greg I'm Holland. Sure. There's still time. There's still time. It's only November. I'm sure PPC Greg and his nice dog are just shaking in their boots in Michigan. Well, look out. Greg P- at Greg PPC is coming for you, PPC Greg. <laughs> Now it's time for this week's WTH. Misguided. I'm like, who does that? <laughs> Just get rid of it. I'm over it. Where we rant, rave, and roll our eyes about our trending digital marketing topic. What are we coming to? Honestly. See what had us asking. W-T-H. This week. Okay, this week's WTH comes from Joyce M. Rosenberg, who I kid you not works for the Associated Press. And I would like to thank Rand Fishkin at Rand Fish for finding this article. It is called Google Ads Costs, Not Its Alleged Monopoly, Irks Businesses. And the TLDR here is CPC bids are too high for small businesses to compete on Google Ads. Fine, we've complained about Google Ads. We do it all the time. The problem here, and I really don't want to be too mean, like I feel bad. No, be mean. (laughs) The problem here is that Joyce fundamentally does not understand how online advertising works at all that is the night that is the nicest way you could have put that <laughs> really have to redirect quotes so she she says businesses have two main ways of trying to get their listings high in google rankings one is to buy an ad that's seen at the top of search result pages the cost for the ad depends on how often a computer user clicks on the ad, and how much money a company <laughs> is willing to pay for click. A computer user? Are you ready for the second way? Yeah, I'm coming back to computer Maybe users, Maybe it's a cell phone user. <laughs> because, yeah, first of all, it could be a cell phone user. Second of all, what? A computer user? Did you write this on a typewriter, Joyce? Like, <laughs> She's like, that's not me. Okay, so that's the first way that you could buy a Google ad. The second way, Joyce says is what is called paid search. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. And it is where companies bid on keywords to get a higher ranking. And she has this really great approach here. She says, a sporting goods store should bid on words like baseball and hockey in hopes of landing higher in search results and being more easily seen by customers looking for equipment for these sports. That is why your CPCs are too high and you're spending too much money. Why is a sporting goods store bidding on the word baseball? You should not do that, actually. Like, unless you sell a baseball, then, like, this this is the problem. And we talked about it last week with that thread from Jenny Marvin, at Jenny Marvin on Twitter, where you have people that should not be handling paid search campaigns. And quite frankly, 
we have people that should not be reporters. Is this is horrific so, reporting. So bad. But but it, it is across the board with this. People don't take the time needed, and I don't blame Joyce or these folks, but you can't go out and misquote people like Glenn Gabe saying searches like black magic when he said it's a black box. You just can't do things like that. Yeah. And this is fundamentally not understanding what's happening and hitting a deadline, in my opinion. And then she talks about this poor guy, Mark, who spent as much as $30,000 a year on Google advertising, but he's not sure his wine gift basket company will be able to afford Google ads this holiday season. And it's like, I just want to talk to Mark and see what he's doing because I think that could be a great fit for Google ads. He's probably doing something very wrong in listening to Joyce. And then- Well, you know what though? To, to his credit, I went on to read that Mark had a 100% optimization score. Oh. <laughs> I just made that up. Are you making okay. that? Oh, okay. <laughs> what if he's like, yeah, I had search partners turned on and I display it. Is there? Yeah, I just, everything was broad match. And then I did a target impression share and I'm not getting any sales. That'd be so. Anyway. <laughs> then Joyce um, blesses us by going a little SEO for a minute. And she talks about how uh, Mark can increase his use of Google's unpaid search. She says, like the paid version, he'd seek to use keywords in his ads that prospective customers are likely to search for. Depending on the words he chooses, he might get a good ranking, although it will still fall below the paid listings. Uh, ads are paid by definition. Joyce. Joyce is Dunkin' Donuts, I'm man. just concerned. I wanted somebody <laughs> to check on her. <laughs> what? Who? How many people read this article before it got published? Joyce. This no, question. I don't even think she did. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just, it, it, yeah, it, it's, it, this is a problem. It's a problem. I mean, the whole thing is a problem. The fact that Mark can't get a return on $30,000, that's a problem. The fact that this article came to fruition, that's a problem. The fact that Joyce is quite frankly employed with this form of reporting, that's a problem. Um, it's, it, it's a lot of problems. Is that too mean? Is that too, am I too mean she's to Joyce? She's not listening. She's not listening. No, she's unless not. we tag her, which we won't. This is this is an irresponsible article, <clears throat> and it's completely fabricated and incorrect. I love the term, the use of the term irresponsible. It's exactly it is, what it is. It is irresponsible. You can't you can't say there's two ways to make money on Google, and you can't tell people that you can pay to be in the or, to to go higher in organic results. That is that is misleading and irresponsible. I don't have another word for it. I'm sorry, Joyce. And now for this week's Cool Tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners and is really, really cool. This week's Cool Tool is actually a three-for-one deal and there is no long Black Friday line required. The one and only Ginny Marvin outlined a collection of three AI-powered content creation tools on Search Engine Land this week. They are Snazzy, CopySmith, and Copy AI. And using the GPT-3 language model and these tools, marketers can, without code, get ideas for ad copy, for blog posts, for landing pages, and a whole lot more. And wait, which one did you say was Snazzy, CopySmith, or and copy.ai? They're all Snazzy, but the first one's actually called Snazzy. Oh, okay. <laughs> which is very Snazzy. <laughs> GPT-3 is also that um, how... Remember, it ranked first on 
hacker.com or whatever, an article written by GPT-3. This is the one? All right, yeah. well, this makes sense because it's supposed to be the best or whatever. But to be fair, she does note this in her article. These tools are meant to help, not replace your copywriting team. So let's just put that out there. You'll still want to fine tune the output, but they will help you get past writer's block and beyond. So we'll have a link to Ginny's article in our show notes. If you need a little copy inspiration, just head on over to marketingoclock.com and check it out. And I'm going to go... Sorry. I wonder if it knows any puns though, because that's like a problem where I was struggling with here is we feel like we need to put puns everywhere for some reason. I don't think we're struggling with puns. We have too many. <laughs> no, when I have to put them in an episode title or whatever, when I, when you actually need one, when it comes down to it, there's nothing. So I wonder if GPT-3 could help. I, I'll tell you what, it can't help. I read that article <laughs> that made the Hacker News. We talked about it. The only reason it made it there was the title. Everything else was word vomit. So you do this stuff if you want, if you are that boring of a person, that Dunkin' Donuts that you can't write your own ad, then go ahead and use CopySmith. That's, that, again, think- that's a you problem that you're using GPT-3 to write your ads. You read that article and you tell and you read these ads and you tell me. I don't know. Maybe that's what Joyce was using. Maybe it's not her fault. No, she should have been using GPT-3. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Joyce. I'm sure you're a lovely person. Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed, that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. All right, this week's must-read marketing article of the week comes from Glenn Gabe. BFF of the show, Glenn Gabe. Maybe for like, what, one more month? We got to get those clock screws going over here in December. But over on the G Squared Interactive blog, he has the article, Exit the Black Hole of Web Story Tracking, How to Track User Progress and Web Stories via Event Tracking and Google Analytics. And this is must read if you do web stories. He talks about analytics for web stories, why it is confusing for many creators, how you can track user progress through a web story using a simple goal, um, a top level view of what we're trying to accomplish with any tracking within web stories, the inner workings, events, triggers, and variables, lists of the code that he uses for all this because he hand codes his web stories. We don't, we're we are not that, <laughs> that advanced here. Um, he also talks about a note from the Web Stories WordPress plugin. And he links that over to our own Sarah Burke talking about how to hook up the Web Stories WordPress plugin with Google Analytics. And then how you can test via real-time reporting if everything is working great. And then he gives one final summary of how you can creep out of the black hole of web story tracking. And we've been trying to hammer this for a while about web stories and why you should care. And Glenn has been at the forefront of this. And this is just another phenomenal piece that he's got in his web stories pie. So check it out. And we've got some more stuff coming. So stay tuned. I think we'll have some stuff that you all will love on web stories here shortly. Thank you, Glenn. All right, that does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Remember, you can catch everything from this show on marketingoclock.com. While you're there, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And we will see you next week.
Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock, part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. If you're looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. And please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. Influencer marketers, it's time to ditch the spreadsheets. With Upfluence's all-in-one platform, run your influencer marketing campaigns from start to finish in one place. Build influencer lists and contact them at scale. Keep track of all your collaborations and measure your campaign results all in a single platform. Start scaling your influencer marketing campaigns today. Go to get.upfluence.com forward slash S-E-J to get started. That's get.upfluence.com forward slash S-E-J to get going today. Welcome to this week's Shooting the Heck. We're after our famous Friday news show. We don't talk about marketing anymore. We just shoot the heck. And today we have brought back by popular demand, some people's favorite game. It is called Poke Holes in This, where we all take turns. We call somebody's excited. We present (laughs) amazing ideas, um, some more amazing than others. And the other co-host will try to bring them down by pointing out obvious flaws in the plan. You'll catch on quickly. Okay, Jess, you can go first. What's your idea? Good. I want to pitch a filtered coffee mug. It keeps the grounds out of your mouth is what I wrote down. It's like when you make a Keurig, you know how sometimes grounds accumulate at the bottom of your cup this way, when you take your last sip of coffee, only the liquid comes out and that really fine, like cruddy dust gets left behind. I have a Keurig and I don't have that problem. Yeah, I don't think you know how to make coffee. You can put a filter should... in. As long as you don't go over the filter, it all goes through. Yeah, I have one of those reusable ones. Maybe that's why. Oh, so you put actual coffee grounds in. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'm just sad about the coffee you're drinking. Seconded. Retweet. And it is going to be like gross, you know, with to-go cups, you never wash them. You like leave them in your car at your desk for two months. And then those grounds are just going to sit there and it's going to be even grosser than normal. Yeah. The that cl- sounds like a you problem. The cleanup is that. an issue. The cleanup is an issue because you probably want to put it in the dishwasher. So you're going to have to buy multiple versions of them. Like it's going to be a problem cleaning all that up. It's, it's a, just drink the grounds at that point rather than having mm, to clean feels up the weird. Have you ever cleaned out a strainer, like one of those small strainers? It's it's a lot of work. I mean, okay, valid points, but I still want it. Someone else will do my dishes. And then you're only going to have one of those cups. You know you will only have one. You'll get it for Christmas one year. And And then you buy it in a two-pack. The other day you have to use all your other cups. Yeah, but you don't wash your cups that frequently. Nobody does. At least I don't. And You're going to have to if you get the filter. Yeah, this is a terrible idea. You're okay. a terrible right. idea. Fine. I got I got one for you, Jess, and one for Shep. And I'll go, who do you want? I'm going to go for Shep first here. Okay. So Shep, you're a big fan of the baseball app. I know that the stats and information guy, aka your husband, is a big fan of the baseball app. Yep. And you watch a lot of baseball, I believe. Um, We watch the World Series. One of my favorite things is when they get out base. They put on a little base runner glove. You saw the base yep. runner glove, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So my thought is a bigger base running glove so you can get safe by inches so you put a baseball glove on and then you have some way to extrude make it extrude so you touch the base faster with your baseball running glove 
That's cheating. Sounds like cheating, but like. If you're not cheating, you're not trying is something I've heard. And as long as they allow a glove, who says you can't have a big glove? You might have big hands. I think you would have to like stuff the end of the glove, right? Or else it would be like floppy. Um, Or are you picturing like a Mickey Mouse glove? Maybe a fake fingers in there somehow. And you're like operating like fake fingers in the glove. And then, you know, your your equilibrium would be thrown off because your body would be off balance, wouldn't be what it normally is. Yeah, and can you run as fast with this extra weight added to you? Probably faster. Early you- early results are showing that. <laughs> um, well, this is cheating, so you can pitch it to the Astros. That wow. was an unintended baseball pun. Um, terrible idea. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, I'll bang the garbage can on this and pass it over to your shop. Okay. Well, my idea is a smart crock pot that, you know, we have like monitors and stuff. So you can like watch your pet all day or like people keep tabs on their kids at daycare. I want to be able to check in on my crock pot throughout the day and like turn the temperature up and down if I need to. It would be really nice if you could like smell it, but I know that that's not <laughs> possible. Maybe you could give it a stir somehow um, cause I'm just always worried I'm going to burn the house down and I think it would really help my mental state. This isn't a bad idea, but I think the one issue is crack potting isn't that hard. The whole point is you set it and forget it. Like mm-hmm. that's the joy of crack potting. Literally put something in there, you turn it on, you leave it and it cooks itself. But right? you want to like, stir it. But I know, but you're turning it into like an actual pot on a stove is what you're doing now. Right? Yesterday, something got a little burnt. So you just add a stirring mechanism to the bottom. You don't need smart anything. I, I think you had on high. You should use it on low and just have a longer time frame. Sometimes you don't have enough time to put it on low. And then that's, that's the other a, thing. That's you problem. Shai. The recipe will be like, cook it on low for six hours. And then it's like, you're away for eight hours. What are you supposed to do then? That's fine. As long as it's on low, you're not going to burn anything. You're not going to overcook it on low. You're fine. That's not what I'm just really worried. I'm going to burn my house down. And I think we need a smart crock pot with a camera and a stirring mechanism and smart alerts. There's something and just little reminders. Hey, don't forget. You've got chili waiting. You've completely reinvented the crock. Pot. <laughs> sounds like, yeah, you need like a personal assistant. That's what you need. Like you could play right. music. It's not, it's not a bad um, idea, but it needs, it needs a little workshopping. You could have like ultrasound technology sense when you walk in the room. There you go. Yeah. Just like uh, Google. Yeah. Somebody out there has that. Okay. Jess, what's your next idea? Well, some of us really love the burn, right? So do you ever like you eat a taco or something with a lot of hot sauce and you're loving the burn in your mouth? You're like, oh, I got stuff in my teeth. And you feel like you need to brush your teeth or take a drink or something. We need spicy toothpaste so that you can clean out the taco, maintain the burn. That sounds disgusting. Are you saying cinnamon spice or no, hot no, no, sauce? No, 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 yucky. Like hot sauce spice. And I pitched this to my husband and Chris, and he said that spicy floss would be a nice addition to the line. So you're just like really getting in there and like making sure your mouth is on fire. Your gums well, would clean. bleed and you would have bad breath. No, it wouldn't. No, this isn't about freshening your breath. It's about cleaning the junk out of your teeth from the spicy food, but not eliminating the burn. So Jess, I honestly don't have any holes to poke that's a brilliant idea get a floss pick right but they're mint we want spicy no we want to keep the burn going without crudding your teeth that's disgusting (laughs) 
<laughs> Why would you want to feel the burn in between your teeth? Because it because you realize you're alive. Exactly. There's something wrong with you guys. <laughs> All right, this one is painful. This one is for Jess here. Okay. Have you ever been to the store buying like barbecue sauce and you're like, oh, it's Jack Daniels barbecue sauce. And then you see sure. something like, oh, it's Jack Daniels um, steak sauce, right? And all the stuff. Everybody loves Jack and Diet Coke, right? No. Like that's, that's a good drink. It's I mean, a great way to great ruin drink. a Diet Coke. Everybody loves Jack and Diet Coke. <laughs> so my thought is summertime, Jack and Diet Coke popsicles. Poco. Would it freeze? Isn't the alcohol too high? I mean, to make a full hundred proof, like hundred percent Jack, it is. I'm sure you could figure out the formula to make it freeze. Jack and Diet Coke popsicles, because popsicles stink. Jack and Coke popsicles. No, Just I love this. Poke holes in this. I guess my I don't want to poke holes because I want this to go to market. But my only hole to poke would be that popsicle. It's like a kid's food. You'd have to do something with the packaging to like warn no. the children. Oh, that's a good idea. But yeah. again, adults are becoming children, so it makes it double good. That's, that's true. not what Diet a ring Coke pop is about. Too? I want it in a ring pop. Yeah, but that's just going to be like weird sugary. Like you could do. Well, it's diet. Aspartame. <laughs> so that what is, is not what Diet Coke is about at all. Taylor Swift is an ambassador and she would not drink Jack and Diet Coke. It's nasty. Isn't she like, didn't it she start as a country stomach. girl? It's keto. It's keto. She'd love it. It's everything. Isn't she keto? No way. Oh, never mind. She's too cool. Well, la di da. All right, Chef, what do you got? <laughs> okay, my last idea. I don't. I was talking to you guys before the show about an intruder that I have in my home. There is a big, disgusting, fat fly, and I hate it. <laughs> and I, he keeps like going over to the window, and he'll like stay there. But then, as soon as I come towards him for his untimely demise, he flies away. So I think that. And at my grandpa's hum- hunting cabin, he has these disgusting strips Ugh, that hang from the ceiling no. and catch the flies. That's so inhumane. I think that we should have the windows be sticky so that the flies stick to the window and die there. And then Shep, they can't bother you anymore. Shep, How I've do you gotta, look out your window? I've got to tell you, Shep, I have literally never heard a worse idea in my life than this idea. <laughs> never in my life have I heard a worse idea want the fly to stop bothering me buy a venus fly trap yes for the home yeah, yeah. doesn't it eat people <laughs> like, <aren't those> <laughs> yeah it might eat your baby watch out <laughs> water it no you, you don't want flies stuck to your window then you have company you no, gotta clean you your window you're gonna right? look- off <laughs> it's also to Greg's point very inhumane. They just sit there and can't. They just die. Anything. They starve. It's like a death. tar pit. And they have yeah. those ones for mice, the vermin. Mm-hmm. You don't want. Oh, them. that's so sad. I'd rather watch Ugh. a pimple popping doctor. Ugh. All right. Okay. Well, if you want to buy my um, window fly trap, just hit me up, and we will see you next week. <laughs>